everybody. So same shirt, same coffee cups because we're on a roll. So we're just gonna keep going for part three. Okay, so we've done all this talking about what reality is not and where are we spinning our wheels trying to have control over what we don't have control over, right? So then what about, we've been talking a lot about reality. Why don't we talk about the self? Because the whole idea behind this is what is the nature of reality? What is the nature of the self? And how do the two come together to co-create? Exactly. So I'm sure that you guys already have experience in identifying and seeing through illusions about yourself, you know. Sometimes it's invigorating, like, oh, that's why I do this thing. Other times we get rejected on a, on a date or on a, for a job offer, and we were so sure we were going to get it, and suddenly we go, oh, maybe I thought I was this one way when I'm actually this other way. So sometimes it's triggering. Confronting. Confronting. And other times it's exciting. But both are essentially the same thing. Because it's really hard to to know the self, to know yourself. And we have an image of ourself in our head that sometimes has very little to do with how and who we really are. So there's a lot to that. So we're digging right in and we're going to figure out where we can start to have that image of ourself in our head line up with ourself in actual reality and move from there. So obviously, this is a huge subject and one that we could probably talk about indefinitely. So we're just going to try to hit on some points for the purpose of this conversation about co-creating with reality. The first thing I want to say is we need to stay as open about what we know of ourselves as we're asking to stay open about reality. For people who really feel like they know for sure who they are, then what what are they being closed down to? What are the possibilities? It's like I'll hear somebody say, I'm just not that person. I'm never going to do that, right? I used to say, I'm not an animal person. That's something I've probably said hundreds and hundreds of times throughout my life. I'm not an animal person. Well, now I have a partner who's an animal photographer and a best friend who owns a horse farm. And I'll put some pictures on here. <laughs> and having spent all this time now at the farm with animals, turns out that I actually love it. It's very grounding and very calming for me. And this thing I was so sure about is not even the truth. Okay? So we are not asking for anybody to betray themselves at all. We're just saying that maybe we are not fully aware of our own essential nature. Well, and as we touched on in the previous one, our ideas about reality being wrong can be for better or for worse. And a lot of that kind of depends on personal disposition or life experience, but we can think reality is worse than it is, or we can think it's better than it is. And we can think that I am worse than I am, 
or I am better than I am. And I would say most of us think both. Right. We usually go back and forth between because when we're feeling really good, then we're, you know, unstoppable and whatever. And when we're feeling bad, then all of that was fake and I'm not really I'm worth not worth anything. anything. Yes. Exactly. So the idea is to kind of chill on all that. And and that's essentially what I tell myself and what has helped a lot. I mean, the technical term would be mindfulness, but for me, I just, when I feel myself going to the extreme of one or the other, then it's like, okay, Gideon, just, you know, don't be so sure. Don't be so sure that you can, you know, make all these commitments and do them all. And don't be so sure that you'll never succeed at blah, blah, blah. It's like, what if we just gave up that whole quest to to know one way or the other and just focus on what is relevant toward what we're trying to create okay so that's i gotta set my coffee down which means talking with my hands is about to happen and this is something i've wanted to talk about so many times in my videos and i think this is the perfect time to attempt this you guys know that both my purpose and my biggest challenge is to bring huge concepts into language to be understood, language that you can process and that you can hear. So, so bear with me on this one. What if, and just we can even just see this as an experiment, just for right now, if we can set all of that up on the shelf, everything we think we know about reality and about ourselves, up on a shelf for a minute and just come back to this conversation. Okay. I believe, and I believe this because I've seen it in thousands and thousands of sessions I've done and in my own life, I believe that one of our biggest clues to who we really are and what we're really meant to bring to this lifetime is in our desires. And it gets to be sticky because many of us, I would say even most of us, have been conditioned to not want what we want. We have been, you know, you're a child and you really want this and you're just told no, you don't get everything you want. And yet when you especially look at your persistent desires rather than your persistent complaints, okay, your persistent desires, what would it take? I want, this is where I want to look. What would it take in real life for you to achieve those persistent desires? So, you know, for instance, one of the things I've wanted my whole life is um, a home, okay? A home that I live in with a partner that I adore who's very supportive and that we create um, like a center for people to come and connect. We create a place where people feel really comfortable, really loved, really connected. It's cozy. Do you see how all of this is if is within my realm of influence? I can create that. I may not be able to force a certain person to be that partner, I may not be able to force certain people to want to play this game with me. But what I can do is say, this is something, you guys, from the time I was a small child, I have wanted this. So then using this example, 
then who would I be? Which parts of myself would I bring to the forefront? Which parts of myself would I bring from shadow into light to in real life create that reality? Because I think so many of the seeds of our purpose and our joy lie in our desires. Does this make sense to you? Like, what are your thoughts on this? Where have you seen this? Well, you mentioned that we've been conditioned to not want what we want. And on top of that, to want what we don't want. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and both of those things are futile because... That's assuming that our desires are a matter of will, you know, whereas to me, will and desire are are in their own realms, you know. So it's like we have to be able to direct our will or direct our focus toward our truest desire. And like you're saying, I, I say our truest because that's the whole journey you know in my mind that's the whole path of becoming a co-creator with reality is first identifying your true desire which which can be a little difficult it's easy for kids you know so 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 go there right yeah like what is something you really really wanted as a child what is something that has been a persistent desire of yours and i feel like one way that we can Um, separate our truest desires from our wounds, from the desire of our wounds, is that with our truest desires, when we start to get them, they actually bring us pleasure, joy, satisfaction, and there's such a thing as enough. Yeah. Whereas when it's a wound, the wound is never full. The wound is never fully satisfied. In fact, the wound is unpleasable. So... And it's also the wound will be unmeasurable, immeasurable. So we did some of this when I did the mini series on the mind, where I talked about when it's a wound that is asking, it is going to be vague. It's going to say things like, how would you ever know? I just want to be lovable. In that, in that wounded, I just want to be lovable. There's not enough people that could ever love you. You will always move the marker. Right? You're going to, oh, it's going to mutate, which I've also talked about in a past video. So you've got to be able to feel into the difference and be honest with yourself. What are your truest heart's desires? What do you know, you know, would bring you true contentment, joy, and satisfaction? What does evidence show is a huge priority to you? So going back to my own personal one about wanting this home, that I'm, you know, with my partner that creates this center for people to come and gather and be connected and be cozy. Every home I've ever lived in, I have done my best to create that. I have made this a huge priority. And any of you watching who know me personally are going to be out there going, that is 100% true. It's obvious through Donnie's actions that she does care a lot about creating that space. And as I do that, it is very joyful and satisfying for me. So this is the next to to get our own home, right? Now that I have a partner that wants the same thing, I already have been working towards that throughout my life. I'm not making up something that is outside of anything I've ever spent time, energy, money on. 
It's just expanding it to the next step of that. Well, and I would say that another another marker um, for our truest desire would be that that it involves others, that it's bigger than you. Yes. Because that's where I think a lot of things go go wrong or we get distracted is like there's nothing wrong with valuing money. But to me, say someone's goal is to like they, they think their truest desire is to have a million dollars or a billion dollars. It's kind of like for what? You know, it, it's like keep keep going because so that people, if so, if that was coming from a wound, that could be something like so that people will be jealous of me and I can pr- finally right. prove that I'm good enough. And that, that the wound is about just the self. So the wound desire, it doesn't care who it hurts. It may lie to you about that, but it will be the, it will continue to go after the instant relief, no matter how that affects their own future self or the people around them. Whereas a true heart's desire will not just bless the person, it will be blessing the people around them. Someone's true heart's, de- true heart's desire will bless their children. It will bless their spouse. It will bless the people around them. And, you know, I, it's hard to see this because sometimes what will happen is that the two of them, a true heart's desire and the wounded peace will mix. The wound will corrupt the true heart's desire. So look for where you want something you've wanted for a long time usually, and it blesses everybody in your life. And that's that's a good place to look. And once you have something, don't play the game with yourself that you don't know. I just I, that's very difficult for me to believe, or honestly, it's difficult for me to respect. Unless someone who's watching this is sixteen years old, okay. But some forty year old pretending you don't know what you want, can you please just finally own? that you do know what you want, okay? And then it can just even just choose one thing. But you need we need to be able to start to, to do this in a different way. We don't want to fall back into the same spinning our wheels pattern. So if there's this thing I want, then what in me needs to come to the forefront? We're not saying be something you're not or don't be something you are. No part of us is saying this. We're saying be open and soft enough about that and honest enough with your, yourself about that, that you can bring forward the parts of you that are in alignment and congruent with your heart's desires. So if you're saying, okay, I really want to get this great job, but the part of you that keeps coming to the forefront is the obnoxious, rebellious part of you. And you're not owning that that's why you keep going into interview after interview after interview and not getting a job, even if you're qualified on paper. You got to be willing to see, okay, maybe I am really bold. But in the shadow, that's showing up as obnoxious. Whereas if I can pull that into a more balanced state, into the light, that will look like confident and assertive, right? We've got to be willing to see the spectrum of of our personality traits and our characteristics and own the pieces of us that are not in alignment with our heart's desires. 
if, if what I just said, if you started to shut down, I wouldn't be surprised at all because we don't want to see this because heaven mm, forbid, I want to swear. I always want to swear. Heaven forbid we actually start to do something differently and gain some traction because that takes away all of our excuses, all of our, I can't do it because I don't know what I want. I can't do it because I don't know how. I'm telling you how right now. So if you need to rewind that part and listen to it again, then listen to it again. But simplified, I'm saying heart's desires, what part of ourself do we need to balance, heal, bring to the forefront to be congruent with our heart's desires? That's where we gain traction. Yeah. And we're adults, you know, like most of us are adults or we're going to be adults and and I often get the sense that the part of me stopping that that process is a part of me that is like trailing behind, you know, and not realizing like, wait, I'm in charge of my life now, you know, like, like I'm the active agent here in my life. And so I really think that um, with like you're saying, not knowing what we want, it's often because some time ago we decided something about reality that that's not realistic or ourselves you know, or that, ourselves you know we don't deserve it exactly. we're not smart enough we're not good enough we're we're too broken to get that thing i don't want to spend any time trying to convince you that you're not broken no. i don't want to spend my any time with myself i don't know if i'm broken or not what the mm-hmm. heck does that mean what, but, what if that's actually not relevant? Right. You know? That's what I'm saying. What if us being broken or not is not relevant? Yeah. Because, sure, I had a shitty childhood just like all y'all did, right? And I've been divorced three times, okay? Like, this isn't me as some prissy little, my life has been perfect. I'm almost 50. I turned 50 this year, okay? All of that, in a way, is in the realm of so what? Because I'm telling you right now that no matter what that looks like, I am going to have that house, right? That is because that it matters so much to me that I will do whatever it takes. Whatever pieces of myself do not fit into that dream, I'm going to look at, I'm going to excavate, I'm going to question, right? Is it true that I blah, blah, blah? Is it true that um, I can't do that thing? Well, so that's, that's all I'm saying. Why don't we try it a different way? Why don't we be willing to experiment with this and say, what if? The other way didn't work. Mm-hmm. So what if me looking at my truest desires and then who would I need to be? What parts of myself would I need to be? What parts of myself would I need to balance out to get those truest desires is a way. I'm not saying it's the way or the only way, but I'm saying that for me, when I do that and I'm willing to put the rest of it up on the shelf, all my surety and rigidity up on the shelf, I start to move ahead towards what I actually want. Yeah. And if we've already decided certain things about ourselves, then the crazy thing is that we actually will preclude certain things from even coming to our awareness. And so that's why I bring up something that we've decided about reality or ourselves. Then when we say, well, what do you want? What if what you really want is to 
inspire millions of people with your music, you know, but right now you're an accountant, you know, and you kind of like you play music anytime you possibly can, but you've already decided that it's not realistic for millions of people to hear your music, you know? So when, when you're asked, what do you really want? Then you say, I don't know when what you really mean is what I want is impossible. So I don't know how to replace that with something possible, but, but that's, that's what we're loosening up. We're loosening up saying we are more capable than we think we are and reality can support us more than we think it can and once our true self and as accurately perceived reality as possible once reality and our self are on the same page then we are supported by reality because because the mission is is properly understood and we are determined enough to overcome societal barriers or self-doubt or anything it takes. And it actually can work because we're in alignment with reality. Yes to all of that. Yes, absolutely. And I think that maybe we should... <laughs> maybe we should wrap this part up because I think the next part is going to be pretty intense and um, it's going to take quite a, bit, quite a bit of time. So I hope that at least you've seen that maybe there's something else. Okay, maybe that even what you're saying, one step coming one step closer would be going from I don't know what I want to I want something that feels impossible to me. The difference between a client coming to me and saying I don't know what I want I take a really deep breath and I know it's going to be a 45 minute conversation of me trying to hold space for them to tell the truth to themselves. If a client comes to me and says, I do know what I want, but it feels impossible, I am so relieved. We just saved ourselves 45 minutes. Do you see? So, so you owning what you want, even if right this minute it feels absolutely impossible to you. Maybe you're a 45-year-old woman who really wants a baby of her own, okay? And that feels impossible to you. But at least say it out loud, even if you if swallowed, but it's followed by that feels impossible to me because then there's a conversation to be had. Then there's looking at options. But we have to start by owning what we actually want and telling the truth about how we feel about that. So is there anything else you want to say before we end this part three? No, I think we covered it pretty well. Just ah. just that I think that we haven't really had the idea that reality cares about what we want. You know, going back to the last one is we kind of have the subconscious belief that it's me versus reality. But what we're going over here is that once we know and it and we're on that path with reality, then reality's like me and you. Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay, awesome. I am excited for part four. May your coffee be strong. And your life be blessed. Cheers. Cheers.